January 5th, 2023. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Daf Petet Amud Aleph from the top of the Amud down. It's 15 lines at the very beginning of the Gemara. <coughs> the Gemara will uh, return to what we read in the Mishnah. So I don't know that it uh, necessitates us reviewing the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, Tanura Banan, it cites a Beraita. En mitin oto, lo bebetin shebe'iro, ve lo bebetin shebe'yavne. El ma'alin oto, le betin hagadol shebe'yerushalayim. Rabbi Akiva's opinion, disregarding some of the details, is first and foremost, the death of the, uh, the death penalty and execution, rather, of the Zaken Mamre needed to be done in Betin Hagadol. It couldn't be performed anywhere else. It needed to be Betin Hagadol, which of course is Lishkat Hagazit in a very central location. But not only that, it had to be at a central time. It had to be when all of Am Yisrael are gathered there, as the Pasuk says, Kol Yisrael Yishme'u V'yira'u. Everyone should have a certain fear and awe, which is inspired by seeing, realizing, understanding what happened to this person who disagreed with Betin Hagadol. So twofold. Number one, location. Number two, Time was of absolute importance, according to the Biakiva, with regard to. Certainly, Betin Hagadol are the ones who he disagreed with and in turn are sentencing. But the question is, does the execution need to take place there as well? Does it necessarily need to be so? We'll, we'll see it clearly, the other opinion will disagree. It's specifically over here because we need everyone to be present. We want everyone to be aware of this. Amar lo Rabbi Yehuda v'chine emari yiru asks Rabbi Yehuda of Rabbi Akiva uh, your understanding of the Pasuk appears to be as if the Pasuk says everyone will see. It doesn't say everyone will see. It says, Kol Yisrael Yishme'u will hear v'yira'u. Yira'u means they'll be filled with awe, they'll fear. Uh, to fear and to be filled with awe means you could hear about it, as the Pasuk explicitly says. And therefore, his understanding, Rabbi Uda, will be that number one, the execution need not take place at Betin Hagadol. And number two, it need not take place on the Regalim. That's what he called in the Mishnah, Inui Hadin. It's, uh, so to speak, uh, um, torturing the person in waiting and elongating the period in between sentencing and execution. The Pasuk says that you should fear, be filled with awe as a result of this. Why should we torture? Why should we uh, overwhelm the judgment and sentencing and in turn execution of this person? Ela rather says Rabbi Uda, what is the proper way of Zakin Mamre? It's an immediate execution in whatever Betin he is found in. Let's call it Betin Shebe'iro, the Betin of 23, where the Gmardin was perhaps reached. But in order to inspire others, in order to uh, fill others with that awe and fear, as the Pasuk tells us we need to, uh, to make certain that nobody will become a Zaken Mamre in the future, uh, to make uh, understood to all so that uh, Am Yisrael are filled with a certain appropriate mindset with regards to tradition. You write and send to all places in Eretz Yisrael, 
this person was sentenced to death in Betin because he acted as a Zakein Mamre. That in and of itself, getting that letter, hearing the declaration, making it clear to all of Am Yisrael in turn, uh, inspires them to a certain awe, a certain fear, a certain trepidation with regards to respect for the tradition. Says the Gemara onward, Tanur Rabbanan, we have a Beraita, Arba'a Sirichin Hachraza, whereas our Mishnah was in the context specifically of Zakin Mamre, and Rabbi Huda was teaching us there's this concept of Hachraza, of announcing publicly what took place, what's taking place to this person because of his wrongdoing. There are three other cases in addition to Zakin Mamre where the Torah hints to us this is a sin and by extension its punishment is very severe to the extent that we need everyone to be aware of it. We need to ward off others and instill within them a certain fear because this is something that has the potential to take down our nation. Zakin Mamre has the potential to tear down tradition. There are three others that if you read carefully in the Torah, this Beraita will tell us, it was necessary for the Betin to send around word to make certain everyone was aware. What are they? Number one, Hamesit. Oh, that one we very much, I think, understand and could recognize its danger, its threat. Mesit is a person who seduced another to do Avodah Zarah before being put to death with Sikila. There's a mandate, and we'll derive it from a pasuk in a moment, to send around hachraza, to make certain that everyone is hearing and understanding this person's being put to death because he was a mesit. Be careful of people of this sort. Make certain you don't become one of them. Ben Soreru More, also put to death by Sekila. Ben Soreru More, we learned about as well, Masechet Sanhedrin already. It's the wayward child, the details of whom we of which we discussed already, a dangerous situation potentially, nidon al shem sofo, because we fear a person who's being reared and brought up in such a way and uh, acting in such a fashion has a threat to society or Jewish society. Zaken mamre is our Mishnah, our Mishnayot. And lastly, Edim Zomimin, Edim Zomimin, whom we've encountered on many occasions in Masechet Sanhedrin. We will again at the end of this Perek, uh, in a way that might be familiar to some of us. The first chapter in Masechet Makot at greater length talks about Edim Zomimin, false conspiring witnesses. That as well, if people are caught to be false conspiring witnesses, whatever it is that they hoped to do in their false testimony, provided that they're displaced in their time of testimony. In other words, they say, we saw this crime committed on that day, and there are two witnesses who claim you were with us on that day in another place. It's impossible that you observed this crime. That's called the Edim Zomimin. The Torah says, We do to them that which they conspire to do. If they try to give the person a death penalty, that's what they get. If they try to get the person uh, to pay money, that's what they get. That as well is the fourth on our list of things, of situations, the Beraita tells us, where a Hachraza was necessary to send out to Am Yisrael. Bikulhu, in each of these, the Gemara explains to us the reason and the way that we know that you needed to do hachraza, ketiv behu vechol ha'am, vechol Yisrael. In these pesukim, the Torah describes it needs to be the whole nation. It has to be all of Am Yisrael as a result of our understanding that that's the way this execution, that's the way this punishment is to be exacted. Everyone, well how does everyone get there? 
Rabbi Akiva says you do it at a time when everyone's there in a place where everyone is. Rabbi Yehuda alternatively says it's achraza. Even Rabbi Akiva admits, though, this Beraita seems to be making clear, seems to be assuming this according to every opinion, achraza was a necessary feature uh, for each of these sins. Everyone needed to know about it. As says the, says the Gemara, however, Be'idim zomimin kitiv arim. The pasuk by Edim Zomimin specifically says, Arim Yishmeu Veyirau. Those who remain, it doesn't say, even though it might be implying everyone, but it doesn't say the words, Kol Yisrael, Kol Ha'am. Why is Edim Zomimin a little bit of a different word? Nishani means the remainders. In other words, the non Edim Zomimin. I get it. If we're putting them to death, if we're punishing them, they're going to learn their lesson. But why not use the word Bechol Ha'am or the words Kol Yisrael? Why by Edim Zomimin? Unlike Zaken Mamre, Ben Soreru More, and Mesit, does the Torah not use Kol Ha'am? Kol Yisrael, but rather Hanish Arim, and explains the Gemara, Dela kule alma The reason is because specifically by testimony, you can't talk about everyone, because not everyone is appropriate to be a witness. For example, Rashi cites the Gemara earlier on Daf Kafdalid. You might recall the Gemara earlier described specific circumstances where people are pasul edut. For example, uh, people who are malverbit, people who are, um, are, are lending with uh, accepting interest. Uh, we saw over there, misahek bekubya, a person who's an uh, excessive gambler. We discussed the, the mahloket with regards to that in the Gemara. Sohare shivirit, the Mishnah described people who uh, deal with uh, matters that they're not allowed to on Shemitah year. Those are lahazul lasahaduta, they're pasul edut. And as a result, you can't say in the pasuk, everyone will observe and take this lesson. It's not relevant to everyone. To many people in the nation, they could never be witnesses anyway. So for that reason, the Torah kind of says, pretty much everyone that's a part of this, that's Hanish Arim, everyone who could be a witness. Yeah? What does Sidi mean? Is it part of the process after the guy was killed? Before he's killed, Din, I think it's before, needs to be Machriz. Hachraza, Rashi, oh, maybe it's after. Rashi writes, Hachraza, Peloni, Met, Babetin, Al-Sha'avar, Averazo. Maybe it's after. I don't know if Met is after or before. Betin, yeah. They will mivatel the mitzvah on them. Yeah, no, this is not a Am Yisrael thing. It's not an individual thing. It's betin. No, no, no. Oh, you're asking if there is no hachraza, you're not putting to death. No, no. It's just something betin supposed to do. I wouldn't even necessarily call it a mitzvah It's a, it's a, pro, it's, a it's part of the procedure. But yes, not a not leikuva. Seems clear. Um, all right, that's what we have. I mean, there is. There is a conversation, but it seems clear. There is a conversation. We did have two opinions in our Mishnah, Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Huda. Uh, if you recall, Rabbi Akiva says, since it says, call Yisrael, then it needs to be on the Regalim and it needs to be in Betin Hagadol. Would you say the same thing about all these others? If after all he's deriving that in the context of Zaken Mamre from the same Pesukim, would you apply that in the assumption Harambam makes somewhat clear is that it's not so, the question is why not? How are you distinguishing? Why is Zaken Mamre? Again, we can logically distinguish. We could say Zaken Mamre's business is with Betin HaGadol. It is somewhat more of a threat in that respect and you can kind of do it in the right place. Uh, but if he's, he's deriving it from the Chol Yisrael, Yishmeu, why would you distinguish? Uh, it's a larger and longer debate, uh, not fully relevant to us right now. So as the Mishnah here, uh, the first of these uh, medium-wide lines, Navi HaSheken, the halacha is if a person is a false prophet, 
Secondly, the first one is he purports to be prophesying what God told him, but as Harambam makes clear, he's saying things that are not only not true, but they go against the Torah. Second one is he says not what he got in prophecy, but someone else. His friend, the Gemara will give an example, his friend got prophecy and he reports it as his own, second of the two. Uh, evil uh, situations. Uma lo, and uh, lastly, a person who prophesies, uh, he is a prophet, but he prophesies, mashelo neemarlo. Um, and the Mishnah says, and that which was said to his friend, adam, such a circumstance, the person who again is uh, reporting something falsely that he says he got as prophecy, didn't get at all, or someone else got, he gets put to death by Beit Din uh, with Henek. It's an important question. The Gemara will somewhat question that. Uh, how do you know whether it's uh, Harambam deals with that? Harambam says if it's to go against, that's the way you know it. Harambam says if it's to go against the Torah, you know he's a Navi Sheikh, but you're 100% correct. You won't necessarily know that it's a fault. The other circumstance will be, again, well, the person says, I told him about this. He didn't hear this. He's just reporting it because I told him. That's the way you get it over there. But generally speaking, you won't be able to unless he's going against the Torah because we know that the prophecy won't be against the Torah. Aval, however, this is in contrast to some other cases, Hakovesh et nevuato, a person who uh, hides his prophecy. He got true prophecy. God uh, uh, convened to him and, and told him a message, but he won't report it. Or a person's told something from a prophet, uh, but he, in the words of Rashi, he's mafkir. He doesn't care what the prophet told him. The Navi said something, he ignores it. And lastly, Navi she'avar al-divre asmo, a prophet who prophesies, has the nivuah, but won't listen to his own nivuah. In all three of those cases, it's not mitat chenek bideh betin, it's rather mitato bideh shamayim. God will exact his uh, punishment. Shene emar, as the pasuk says, and will be doresh this pasuk in the Gemara, anochi edrosh me'imo. Boreonam, God says, anochi, I will be the one who's doresh from him his life, or the punishment that's appropriate for him. Hamitnabe b'shem avodat kochavim. What about a per- person who's prophesying? We saw this earlier in the Mishnah, uh, in the name of Avodazara, Ve'omer, kach amera avodat kochavim. For example, he says, this is what uh, God X says, whatever Avodazara he's dealing with. Afilu Even if he's saying, listen, you want to know the law? I convened with my Avodazara, obviously he doesn't call it that, and the law is it's Tameh. And in truth, uh, we look into the matter, a true prophet or the Bedin looks into the matter, and it is Tameh. He says it's Tahor. We look into the matter, it's actually Tahor. But he's reporting it, B'Shem Tahor. In that circumstance, he's still considered a person who's Navi B'Shem Avodazara. He's Hayav Mitat Henek. Haba. That's a good question. Give, give us a few minutes, hopefully. Uh, can't tell you today, we'll answer it, but uh, give, give it a little bit. Haba al eshet ish, 
a person who has relations with a married woman as well is mitat henek. Uh, does that mean, per se, she's married in the full uh, respect? What do I mean by the full respect? Well, th- there are two stages, of course, to marriage uh, in Jewish law. There's the engagement and then there's the marriage. Engagement is what we call kiddushin or erusin. Kiddushin or erusin is an object, is given, that's the standard way, to a woman. We do that under the chuppah with a ring or with a coin. That's kiddushin. It could be done with a shtar, it could be done with biya, but that's the first stage. Second stage is what's called nisuin. How do you effectuate nisuin, marriage? The answer is what we call lahalacha, according to Harambam, yehud. There's seclusion. That's under a chuppah. That's afterwards in a secluded area. That's what's called nisuin. Uh, what about in a situation, this Mishnah says, where they didn't fully effectuate it? What do I mean by that? They didn't have hupa per se. They didn't have Yehud. They're not fully involved, but they had the initial stages. What are the initial stages? Habal eshet ish kevan habal uh, the circumstance the Gemara described for us earlier on Daf Samichbet is the following situation. The woman being sent off from a foreign land uh, to her husband, and they're going to meet up messengers who are bringing this woman, this young woman, to messengers of the husband. And they're going to meet up in a middle area. That's called Shiluhei Habal and Shiluhei Ha'isha, or Shiluhei Ha'av. Uh, the woman is going with these messengers, and when they get to their de- determined uh, location, they hand her over, that's called Reshut Habal, into the possession, quote-unquote, of the husband. She hasn't even met him yet. I mean, maybe she did in the past, but she's not living in his home yet. They certainly didn't have Yehud. They didn't involve themselves in Chupah. What's the halakha in such a situation? So the Gemara earlier told us, we derive from Pesukim, there are halakhic ramifications. To the extent that, if that's the situation, she hasn't yet gotten under the roof of the husband, but she entered into his domain, she's considered a married woman for this matter, that if another man has relations with her, get put to death with strangulation. Uh, that's significant. That's what the Mishnah is being... What's that? It's, it's, it's removed from a regular... She didn't, she didn't finish the process. But she's already outside of the domain. That's the derasha. What's that? Kiddushin is already effectuated. The nisuin, in the fullest respect, have not finished. But we have this hachnasa. It's the in-between stage. You can already imagine in the yeshivot they love to talk about. This is the in-between. You could, you know, you could, you could come up with all sorts of sivarot and logic over here. What is it? It's quasi kiddushin, quasi nisuin, something in the middle. There is. There are halach ramifications. Not fully. She didn't have relations yet. She's not fully quote unquote married. Nonetheless, Lastly, says the Mishnah, going back again to some of these laws and giving some further details. And then lastly says the Mishnah, this uh, seemingly side law, which again, begins with this law, sees it as a continuation of this Mishnah. It goes as follows, we'll return to this at the end of the Perik and just an Amud from now, Amud and a half from now. It goes like this, as we said, in Edim Zomin, those false conspiring witnesses, you do to them that which they conspire to do. What about when there's a situation where there's potentially two punishments? How could that be? Well, they're testifying about a woman who had relations with a man in an illegal fashion, an eshetish. But she's not a regular eshetish, she's bat kohen. 
Bat Kohen, the Torah tells us at the beginning of Parashat Emor, Ki Teheliz Notet Aviahim Mehalelet by Eshti Saref, she gets put to death, not with Henek, Strangulation, the regular death penalty and execution of a person who has relations with Eshetish or is an Eshetish, but rather with Serefa, with the burning of the death penalty. Uh, so now there's, so to speak, a choice. They conspire to put her to death and him to death. However, there's two separate punishments. What's the punishment that they get? Generally speaking, we'll go by the woman. We'll say that they should get serefa. This is the exception to the rule. Why so? We give these witnesses henek. Why so? Well, the Gemara will tell us again on Dafsadi, the Asitim lo zamam la asot le'achim. The Pasuk says we do to them that which they conspire to do to their brother. Extra word. Why? To their brother. For this type of situation, two separate punishments, one for the woman, one for the man. They get the punishment of the man. That's the statement here at the end of the Mishnah. Um, generally speaking, when you're an Ed Zomem, a false conspiring witness, you get the same punishment you'd conspire to give to the woman. Hot, it, no. No. Women are pasule edut. We even saw that in our masech. Yeah. Hot, except for zomeme bat kohenu bo'ala, a situation where they conspired against a bat kohen. Says the Gemara Tanura Banan, we'll go back to, uh, to deal with these matters that we mentioned in our Mishnah at a little bit of greater length. Shelosha mitatan bide adam. As we said in the Mishnah, there are three situations, well, again, amongst many, but for our, in our context of false prophecy, three situations where you'll be put to death by Betin, Henek, Ushlosha, and three situations, mitatan bide shamayim. The death penalty is not uh, by human beings. Betin can't do that, but God, so to speak, says it's on me. Hamitnabe ma shelosha First and foremost, a person who prophesies. Uh, falsely. Number two, something that wasn't said to him, meaning he heard from his friend a true prophecy, but he reports it as his own. It's a dangerous situation. People are just going to be listening and reporting and making things up. Problematic, the Torah says, in the eyes of the Hachamim. And lastly, the prophecy might be true. He was mechaven el halacha, the Mishnah told us. He's saying the right thing. It comes true. It's the right law, whatever it is. But we somehow determine it was b'shem avodah zarah because he says so. Says the avodah zarah told me this is the law. This is what's going to happen. Mitatan bide adam. All those three situations get put to death with chenek. That's in contrast to hakoveshet nevuato, a person who hides their prophecy, doesn't report it. Vahamevater. And again, Teddy, how would we determine that one? Rashi says explicitly, very nice. Rashi says on the Mishnah, Hakovesh Nibuato Shelo Amara Kegon, for example, Yona Ben Amitai. For example, Yona Ben Amitai. Did he get Mita Bidesh Amayim? Well, maybe there was an attempted, not not attempted, but Olam could do it, but it brought him close to it, maybe at the end when he has that attempt. But at the very least, that that is the classic example of someone who's Mivatera, is Kovesh Nibuato. Hamivater al Divre Navi, a person who, again, Rashi on the Mishnah said is mafkirim. They, uh, they, they just, they, they are ma'alim ayin. They just ignore the words of the prophet. And lastly, a prophet who uh, reports truthfully, but he himself transgresses um, his prophecy, what he's supposed to be doing. Those latter three get death penalty uh, from the hands of God. Says the Gemara, can you give me some sourcing? Let's provide Pesukim, let's provide some sort of basis in the Torah for each of these laws. Amar of Yehuda Amarav, De Amar Kera, Achanavi, 
So the Pasuk says, if there's a prophet who's Yazid, who purposefully speaks a matter in my name, continues the Pasuk, by the way, that which I didn't com- command him to speak, it says, furthermore, and if he speaks in the name of other gods, Again, lowercase g, that prophet will be put to death. So first and foremost, he is prophesying that something that God didn't tell him. The Pasuk says onward, and I didn't command him. So it doesn't just say that he didn't hear it, I didn't command him. Oh, what do you mean he didn't command you? told me if he says something you didn't tell him. No, it's specifically in these next words, I didn't tell him, but I told his friend. It's a person who prophesies truthfully. It just wasn't a prophecy that he had. And lastly, a person who prophesies in the name of other gods, even if it's true, the understanding of Hachamim is, um, understandably so. And the Pasuk says, and that prophet should be put to death. And we have a principle earlier in the Gemara on Dafnun Bet. Anytime the Torah just says death without specifying what the death penalty is, the halacha is a strangulation. Why is that so? One of two reasons you might recall is mahluk amongst the Imoraim. Either because the lowest penalty on the, of the four is henek. If the Torah just says death penalty, we can't determine it's something higher. That would only work according to the hachamim. There's mahluk and bishimon hachamim. The other opinion, defending the bishimon type of approaches, it's a gezer shava. We derived it from uh, a way of, of linking pesukim together. Either way, you slice it. The halakha in all three of these is umet, it gets put to death, henek. That's in contrast, again, to the latter three. HaKoveshet Nebuato, Ve'amevater al divrei navi, Ve'navi she'avar al divrei atzmo, Mitatan bide shamayim. What's the sourcing for all three of those? One pasuk, effectively one word. Ve'ha'ish asher yishma. I'll read to you the pasuk. Pasuk says, Ve'haya ha'ish, Asher lo yishma el devarai, Asher yedaber bishmi anuchi edrosh me'immo. And it talks about a person who doesn't listen. So first and foremost, he doesn't listen. We can derive from that. He doesn't listen. He doesn't listen to the words of the Navi. Uh, but more than that, the fact that the Pasuk says, the Hachamim from time to time make a derasha on words written in the Torah, means he won't hear. But you could also read it, if you just inject a Yod, or you read it in such a fashion, it's this point we've mentioned on more than one occasion, the fact that the Torah is not written with Nikudot, neither ancient Nikudot nor contemporary Nikudot. It can't be. Radvaz and Heshelot to Tishubot points out all these sorts of derashot that the Hakamim use in order to derive traditional law that they had passed down to them couldn't be done if you had Nikudot. Nikudot would preclude the opportunity for them to do so. So they're effectively searching for something my understanding oftentimes, after the fact, they have tradition, this is the law. Now they look in the Torah, the Torah is open and has, has, has a lot of potential, specifically when it doesn't have nikudot, it doesn't have the punctuation. So again, it's yishma, we read it as yashmiya, means not only is a person who's not listening, but it's furthermore a person who's not speaking, making heard. And lastly, vikari lo yishama, and lastly it could be reflexive, he is not listening to himself, yishama. So firstly, he doesn't listen to another. 
Secondly, he doesn't make listened to. He doesn't talk it. He's kovesh it nebuato. And lastly, he's all veral divreatzmo. He doesn't listen to himself. El devarai uchtiv. And the pasuk says in that context, anochi edrosh meimo. Pasuk says, I will uh, exact uh, the the punishment upon him. Understanding clearly as bideshamaim. Uh, that's a uh, that's that's effectuated by God. Uh, the Gemara goes back to deal with hamitnabe mashelosham. A person who prophesies something that they didn't hear. It says the Gemara, I'll give you an example. Kigon, Tzidkiyah ben Kena'ana. For example, a figure that we had in Navi. His name was Tzidkiyah ben Kena'ana. Let's first read the Pasuk and then talk briefly about the context. Tichtiv, Vaya'as lo Tzidkiyah ben Kena'ana karne barzel. So the circumstance, the situation was as follows. Ahav is interested in fighting against Aram. Aram is an opposing force and nation. And they had a place called Ramot Gil'ad. He wants to fight against them there. But he's uncertain whether this is an appropriate battle to wage or not. So he turns and in the time of Ahav, he and his wife Izevil had uh, many Nivi'ehabal. This is the Eliyahu time period. Many false prophets in the name of Baal Abu Dazara. Should I fight against them? 400 people in unison say, Tov, good idea. For some reason, he's still uncertain. And then there's this, this prophet. Uh, his name is Sidkiyah ben Kena'ana. And he says to him, absolutely. Not only that, I'll craft for you karne barzel, these brass horns. Use these, go fight, you're going to win. Uh, don't think about it. It's on, it's on my prophecy. And of course he goes, and Ahav is killed at that war. Um, so it's, it's a false prophecy, and shortly thereafter, well, we'll have to deal with what happens to Tzitkiah, but that's the statement. So Tzitkiah ben Kena'ana is our paradigm of a Navi Sheker with regards to saying something that he didn't hear. The difficult part here in the Gemara, of the Gemara is, well, the Pesukim describe how he was misled. The Pesukim describes, so to speak, how it worked in God's domain, how God purposefully misled this person named Tzidkiah ben Kena'ana. There's a false spirit which is entered in. He thinks he's prophesying truthfully. So how are you going to blame the guy? Well, the guy got a prophecy. It was some sort of evil spirit which overcame him. The Gemara will say the spirit of Nevot. But ultimately speaking, um, the Pesukim do tell us that God deluded him. You're going to blame this guy? My havale me'ibad. What are you going to do? What, what was he supposed to do? This person, Sitkiyah ben Kena'ana. Ruach Navot It's this spirit of Navot. We'll discuss in a second uh, who Navot was. But the Pesukim describe how this foreign spirit resides upon him and enters into his consciousness as he prophesies. That's not, so to speak, his fault. Who was Navot? Navot is a famous person as well during this time period. He was the person that Ahav was interested in the plot of land, the vineyard that he had next to, next to the Hechal of Ahav, this evil king. He wants that and he, he proposes to, to Navot, a Yisraeli, I want to buy this, this kerem, I want to buy this, um, this vineyard from you. And Navot wants by no means to sell his vineyard. Izeva says, we don't deal with things like this, I'll handle this. She goes and she hires false prophets who, uh, false witnesses who testify that Navot 
um, blasphemed, he cursed God, and as a result, Navot is killed, and the king seizes the estate. Uh, Navot, so to speak, in heavens, has evil uh, will now to Ahav. He had him killed falsely. As a result, the description in the Pesukim of this, this evil spirit which overwhelms that Sidkiyah ben Kena'ana is understood by the Hachamim as Navot spirit. Tikhtiv, Ayom Adonai, as Pasuk says, uh, God expresses, Mi yefate et Ahav. Who's going to uh, tempt? Who's going to mislead Ahav? Who's going to be the one who will do it? Gil'ad in order to lead him into Ramot Gil'ad and have him die. And then there's this spirit who prost- which prostrates itself in front of God and says, I'll be the one who misleads him. Vayomer, and God in turn says to this, uh, to this Ruach, uh, go for it. Vayomer, ani afatenu, vayomer Adonai elav, bama, ask him how, vayomer, etseh, vayiti, significant some pesukim, vayomer, tefateh vegam tuchal. Says God to this spirit, you, you'll do it and you'll be successful. Seh vaaseken, go and do so. Ma'amar of Yehuda, ma'iseh. Why does, so to speak, the Pasuk te- say that God tells this spirit, again, these are Pesukim in Sefer Melachim, tells the spirit, go out, get out of my walls, you're a false spirit, I'll go do your, your messengership, but not around me, God stands for truth, not in my context. My Ruach, what was this Ruach, what's this evil spirit which comes upon Tzitkiyah ben Kena'ana, Marbi Yohanan Ruho, Shonavot HaYizra'ili, it's the uh, spirit of Navot HaYizra'ili, whom we uh, introduced a moment ago and understand why he would be the one eager to mislead and lead, to, and, and lead Ahav to death. Uh, very briefly, the Gemara then says, Havale Lemedak, Lemedak, uh, so uh, before reading onward today, I'll just uh, very briefly explain to you what that is and we'll return to it tomorrow. It goes like this. The tradition which Rabbi Yitzhak transmitted, it goes as follows. It says that prophets could and would get the same sort of message. That's called signon ehad. Uh, she says the same militza. They get the same sort of message. But you'll never find two prophets who prophesy in the same word. And the Gemara will give one or two example, one example along those lines. The fact that 400 prophets prophesied with the same word, Tov, in unison, uh, with regards to the first question, the first time that I have wanted to know, should I go fight against Aram in, in, in Ramot Gilad? Uh, that in that moment, Sitkiyah ben Kena'ana should have said, smells wrong. The fact that they all prophesied, I but I'm, what I'm telling you is he hears it, Sitkiyah ben Kena'ana, whom we're imagining as a good guy. We're being told by the rabbis, not a bad guy. The Pesukim say was misled to a large extent. He should have noticed in that moment 400 people in the same way. Oh, no, that's fine. It was a God inspiration. No, he should have known like Rabbi Yitzhak. Of course, the Gemara was like, oh, who said he should know? But that's going to be the statement. So he should have been sensitive to the circumstances, understanding as a result this is wrongful, and then understanding as well this prophecy, this understanding has to be something wrong with it as well. And deny it and not report it to Ahav. Baruch Adonai Amen Amen.